1: Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Spray
2: on Demand, a Service Patriots podcast.
3: Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How do you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker, with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, a lot going on in the transfer portal, recruiting. There's a big commitment happening today. College football is on fire, it feels like, right now we need to get a crystal ball in here for portal season we do give yeah. our predictions and oh, then like them to somebody like Huffman's. i like that joining us now is our good friend brandon huffman national recruiting editor of 24 7 sports at brandon huffman on twitter go give him a follow there brandon thanks for the time for for jumping on man i have you been surprised by the amount of people that have jumped in the portal is this what you expected just what have you thought so far here in this first week of, of chaos in the sport
1: yeah, I mean, I'm not even surprised anymore. I would say the numbers are about what you expect, especially that we still are in somewhat of an era of COVID seasons overlapping and coaches trying to encourage guys to move on so they can get their rosters managed. I would say there's a few players that went into the portal that maybe were a little bit more surprising, but I would say kind of across the board, I think this is where we're at in college football, and it's going to continue to be the biggest story of the offseason. season. Is the portal and who goes in and who's taking out and who's recruiting from it? Mm.
2: A big name that's been kind of circulating around these areas is uh, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback from Oklahoma, who has another year of eligibility. And you know, crystal ball season's an interesting one, Brandon, because everybody has the predictions to make. It feels like maybe it's Oregon is the favorite.
1: Uh, Are we crystal balling Dylan Gabriel as the quarterback for the Ducks? If if we haven't crystal balled it, our at least the uh, the app is open and the button's about to be pushed i mean it's pointing to oregon and and that's kind of where i go where i say you know there's a couple that are surprising he's not so much a surprise it's more the fact that you have an accomplished two-year starter at oklahoma and you want to go with the youth movement so that allows schools like an oregon that may need that stopgap guy. maybe they're not confident with what they have coming up the, the the chain yet and maybe they're not quite ready to turn the young guy over so you get that one-year stopgap guy. And, again, that's where I think you're you're seeing college football turn, where if I can get that one-year, it's almost like in pro sports, that one-year contract. We just need that middle lever for this season. We can get this guy before he becomes a real free agent. That's kind of how it's operating. But right now I think Oregon's in a really good spot to finally get that elusive lefty. From Hawaii that they missed with two my Bailoa.
3: That's right. And he's got a chance
2: to go back to Hawaii, right? That's where Oregon's hey, first game is can, this I, year. can I quickly just throw yeah. something out at both of you guys? I, I was um I was watching a dolphin based thing. And I guess Tua wanted to go to USC, hmm. and his dad made him go to Bama. I always thought it was Oregon, but I heard USC. Like, I I didn't, I didn't that know. That's tough, I don't know. Yeah, I know, that, that? that
1: That's very true. And, and the funny thing is, for years, everybody said, oh, he, was, he wanted to go to Oregon. There was obviously the, the connection with that he was a junior, I think, when Marcus won the Heisman Trophy, played at St. Louis. But USC was always the dream school. And at that time, I mean, I remember doing an interview with him at USC during their Rising Stars camp in 2015. Steve Sarkisian was still the head coach at USC and Marcus Tuyasa Sopo was the quarterback's coach or was the tight ends coach, but was recruiting Hawaii and. He almost went to USC, but USC was kind of slow playing him a little bit mm. because they were trying to you know, lock in a couple older quarterbacks at that same time. He went to Alabama, and the rest is history.
3: Interesting. We're talking with Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting uh, Director for 24-7 Sports. I, I, I don't know if I'm crazy, stupid, smart, dumb, all of the above. But Daily, I,
2: you're all of those.
3: I need to ask you a question, Huffman, because I'm working a theory as a duck that not only do they have a chance to get Dylan Gabriel, but that maybe Dante Moore could be coming too. Word where, where do I fall oh in the category God, of throwing God, that out sport.
1: there? I would say it's one or the other, not both. Okay. I mean, part okay. of the reason that Dante Moore went to UCLA in the first place was Bo Nix returning to Oregon. He wanted to play right away. And, you know, when you have a season like Dante Moore did where it started off well and it ended poorly, you need to go somewhere where you can have your reclamation project and it could start immediately. So he's going to go somewhere that he can be the starter. I think it's one or the other. I don't see, especially in this era – of it being both. And, you know, give it up to Ty Thompson, man. This guy has seen them recruit quarterback after quarterback after him, before him, and he hasn't left yet. Free Jordans are pretty
2: hard to turn down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I kind of don't blame him That's for a that. a good deal, man. Uh, you know, Huffman, I I don't think anything really surprises you much. You, you hear a lot of intel on a daily basis. This portal thing now has been around for a couple of years. What have you learned about the portal in college football and the way it's all being handled? What have you learned as a recruiting analyst about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've learned that the first Monday of the portal dwarfs the excitement of signing day in February or in December. I mean, I remember the years where I mean, I got into the recruiting industry because I love signing day in February. And then in 2017, it moved to December. Mm -hmm. Now guys commit so early in the process. Most schools want to have 90 percent of their class wrapped up by the end of June of, you know, going into that senior year that the portal, you know, the, the, the portal palooza, we call it. I was in Nashville on Monday shooting a show all day for 24-7 just on the portal. And I think what makes it so exciting is that in high school, the diehards are the ones that know who those recruits are. The diehards know who the five-star quarterback is. Every college football fan knows who Kyle McCord is. They know – who a Walter Nolan is, who a Dylan Gabriel is. So the Monday of the portal officially opening, it is now dwarf signing day because you're expecting, you know, guys to go into the portal, but then you have those names that surprise you. I think that's the part that that blows me away is that recruiting has always been the lifeblood of the sport. Now it's recruiting out of the portal. That's becoming that lifeblood, that IV, that emergency surgery that fixes everything quickly.
3: Hmm. You mentioned the show you guys did on Monday. I do want to give a shout out. If you're into this stuff and college football, who's in the portal that I watched like three, Three hours of that thing, man. I was yeah. you know, rotating panelists on there, and you guys were all on just breaking down every name that jumped in, so awesome work on that, and nobody does it better uh, than 24-7 sports. This might be impossible to answer, but we were talking about Oregon State earlier, and I know you've had some you know, stuff out there about Aiden Childs and uh, where he could potentially be going. Their roster's been decimated. Does that happen if Jonathan Smith stays? Is this a conference thing, a coach-leaving thing, a combination thing? I mean, what do you make of what's going on at Corvallis right now?
1: No, it's a 100% a coaching thing. You look at the six or seven decommits that have all happened, all have decommitted because the coach recruiting them to Oregon State is going to Michigan State, and the relationship was built with the coach. I don't think any of those players – go into the portal if it weren't for the coaching staff leaving. I think it's, you know, it's similar to Washington State. Washington State hasn't been killed as much by the portal as I think people speculated that they would, uh, even though they they didn't lose their coach, but they're having the conference affiliation. I think when you build a strong culture, the culture is going to trump everything. But when the guy who's in charge of the culture leaves – that kind of opens the floodgates a bit. So when you have mm-hmm. an Achille Arna go into the portal, potentially an Easton Macarindis, you know, they're not going because they don't like Oregon State. They're going because the coach that brought, it, brought them there is, is now leaving. And so I think that's the, the, the problem. You look at UCLA, guys going into the portal, it's a culture thing. It's chips falling apart. It's a lame duck status. You look at schools that are losing guys, for the most part, it's Texas A&M with guys going there for NIL it's not an Oregon state thing so much as it is Jonathan Smith leaving. But I think that's where the continuity helps because there could have been a heck of a lot more guys going into the portal. There still may be, but guys believe in Trent Bray. You look at Boise state with Spencer Danielson being promoted from the interim job to the head coaching job. Yeah. Losing Taylor green, not a surprise because the way he was pulled around during the season, but the majority of those guys are staying because of the culture. And I think that's where, you know, the culture is so important and continuity is so important. I just think Oregon State's the victim of
5: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's not to say, Brandon, that, that freshman studs in high school going to college won't get shots. I mean, you've got a couple programs in the playoff with guys they recruited and guys that have developed, but it does feel like we're kind of leaning into a world with the portal. We said this yesterday, talking about Oregon and Gabriel, where it's like Oregon's always going to have the talent around whoever's playing quarterback. Can you compete at a higher level with a Dylan Gabriel versus handing the the reins over to a freshman who's probably going to take some licks and lumps because largely freshmen don't have the most success possible? Do you feel like these top-end programs are just kind of more leaning into the – We'll go get the big free agent quarterback instead of so much getting the freshman and developing him up for a couple years thing, how the portal has kind of changed the way maybe elite programs view the quarterback position.
1: I a hundred percent believe that. And I think we're we're seeing, you know, everybody compares it to the NFL agency, but I look at it more like in baseball, where you look at the teams that are consistently winning, you know, historically, it's been the big spending teams, the, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the teams that bring in those big time free agents that maybe they don't draft well but they trade and they make these, these guys come in and they win. And I think that's what you're going to start seeing in college football, more teams trying to go that model. But if you look at four of the teams that are in the, the college football playoff, you know, yes, three of them have a transfer quarterback – But if you also look at the fact that the teams that have been consistently winning national championships, not just playing for them, but winning them, Alabama, Georgia, they're still winning with a large chunk of those guys being guys that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart recruited, that they developed. And even if you look at Washington, yes, Michael Penix is getting all the attention as kind of the, the, you know, the, the higher gun to come in. but the you know, Roma Dunze's the Jalen McMillian, the Trey Fortunos, those are all guys that were recruited by Washington and they yeah. developed. You look at Texas, Quinn Ewers, yeah, I mean, he was a Texas commit at one time, went to Ohio State and came back, but, you look at the, the the good chunk of those teams, Michigan, almost all guys that Jim Harbaugh recruited and developed Alabama, almost all guys that Nick Saban recruited and developed. And I think that's the danger. Yes. It could help you fix the problem very quickly. USC went that route a year ago with Caleb Williams and bringing in all those transfers. But at the end of the day, you know, there's no, cohesive, there's no chemistry and they go seven and five. That's why I still think recruiting is so important. Go get a player or two that might be a difference maker. But eight or nine of those guys, especially along the offensive line, and you look at Oregon State and look at how good their offensive line has played, those are all guys that Jim Mahalczyk recruited, developed, and evaluated, and it turned them into one of the best offensive lines. Michigan is the same way. That's why I still think you need to have a good chunk of your recruits be guys you recruited, not not out of the portal.
3: Uh, last one for you, Huffman. We got to go quickly here because we're against it. Uh, Walter Nolan is a player that I might cry if he announces he's coming to Eugene. Where's the percentage on that? And then Jordan Seaton announcing his commitment today. What were you thinking or what are we hearing there?
1: Well, if you like the color orange, then you might be a little bit more excited about what I'm saying. And no, that doesn't mean he's coming to Oregon State. Walter Nolan's originally from Knoxville. There's a lot of buzz mm. that he's going back to Tennessee. A lot of buzz he may stay in College Station when it's all said and done. Mm. I mean, I think there's some guys that go into the portal for leverage sake. But Jordan Seaton right now, a lot of buzz about the orange for him as well. So while Oregon was, you know, was in it for Jordan Seaton, I, I think he stays down south. And Walter Nolan, I think he stays down south too. And, you know, Sometimes you just got to follow the, the dots to see where some guys go. And don't be surprised if in a year or two from now, some of these guys who are announced today end up in this portal on our portal Palooza show.
2: Uh, <laughs> Dirt, he knows literally every player and where they're going because of all the intel these guys get. Like, Huffman gets all of this stuff behind the scenes, and most of this he doesn't need to release or tell people, and he no. just gets to chuckle when he ends up being right on We're all We're all
3: desperate for the information. He's got all of it. We you want look good, more of too, it. on
1: TV, Huffman.
3: You look great, you look great man. He's doing hey, awesome.
4: thanks
5: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?